Welcome to episode 114 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Editor-in-Chief of Farm Exec Magazine, here along with my co-host, Group Social Media Editor, Miranda Schmalfus. Farm Exec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest insights to master the science of success. On this week's episode, Miranda and I have the pleasure of speaking with Tiago Reis Marquez, CEO of Pasathea Therapeutics. Tiago talks about the impact workplace burnout can have on people and how companies can help to alleviate their employees' stress. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Tiago. Hey, podcasters. This is Nico Saracino, associate editor and co-host of the Pharmaceutical Commerce Podcast. Stay tuned after the episode for a sneak peek of our recent talk with Diana Villanova, VP of Patient Services and Channel Strategy at COIS Consulting Group where we discuss the importance of patient support programs. Hello, podcasters. Today, Miranda and I will be interviewing Tiago Reis Marquez, CEO of Pasathea Therapeutics. Tiago is here to discuss why it's important to manage high levels of workplace stress and how companies can help employees in need. Thanks for joining us today, Tiago. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, thanks for joining us. So when stress is elevated to a level of burnout, something I think so many people are experiencing right now, what is the impact on the brain and what are the dangers? That's a very good question. When burnout is a reflection of an increase in your stress response and stress as, of course, physical manifestations, it increases your HPA axis, that is the hormonal part of your body that is responsible for your stress response and increase one of the stress hormones that is cortisol. So when you have an excess stress, immediately you have an excess in cortisol and an increase in your inflammatory response. This has consequence in in the brain. So many studies over the years have shown that once you have this increase in these hormonal levels, then it has a consequence in the brain. And studies have shown that burnout actually have anatomical and physical changes in the brain. We know that some areas of the brain have reduced in volume, so such as the hippocampus that is responsible for memory. That's why when people are stressed, they have difficulties in remembering things, in focusing, and in their cognitive load. Other areas of the brain, like the caudate and putamen, are also affected by the neurotoxic change that arise from this excess in glutamate. Then other areas of the brain actually start to work more, areas that are impact on your emotional response, such as the amygdala. So there's a cycle of changes in the brain that happens with stress, that happens with this increase in your cortisol levels. And overall, if this is persistence, it ends up having a strong effect in your cognitive functioning. So it's very important to manage stress, not only because it's something that is psychological relevant, but also anatomically relevant. COVID seemed to heighten our awareness of burnout. Are we still operating at an increased level or have things tapered off with the reopening of the world? Well, we all know that COVID definitely was an extreme event that led to an excess in stress and ultimately to high levels of burnout. And 
You can imagine that when it finished, that burnout levels and stress levels will be reduced, but people tend to adapt to all circumstances and people adapted to work from home and being in a COVID mode. As you get back to normal life, as you need to adapt for these new cycles of work-life balance and uh, social interactions, what we've seen so far is that despite the return to normality, uh, levels of stress and burnout are still increased. If this is going to end up with normal levels of burnout, just as pre-pandemic levels, but we still don't have studies showing that But I would say that nowadays what we're seeing is really many people struggling to balance this work from home or going to work and coping with this as create levels of stress and some levels of burnout as well. So we talked about the psychological and the physical impacts that burnout can have on your body, but how does that affect people at work? You know, how can stress affect somebody's ability to perform well at work? Well, this comes back to my previous answer regarding the effect of cortisol levels in the brain and how this can affect areas of the brain that are important for memory, focus, concentration, energy levels. So once this starts to play out, it's very normal that this increase in stress level end up creating some mental drain and inability to focus, concentrate, and ultimately it keeps an employee from being productive. It starts to lack energy, it starts to be unable to manage workloads, it starts to be unable to deal with pressure, and all of these impact severely the ability of the employee to, to perform. And what can employers do to reduce stress and burnout in their workforce? First and foremost, people need to be aware of what is burnout and that burnout exists and it can manifest in all levels in the company chain. So it can affect from the senior uh, C-level employees to any normal employee in an organization. So we need to, of course, help people and alert them for the existence and, and employees need to be aware of the existence of burnout. So the first stage is really awareness, is understanding that when they're feeling overwhelmed, when they're feeling emotional drain, when they cannot keep up with work demands, maybe they be facing an episode of burnout. Second, we need to give them tools to manage burnout before this burnout completely impacts their productivity and their ability to work. So ability to have tools to manage the stress during work, ability to find a work-life balance, and ability to communicate with their colleagues, with their bosses about what they're experiencing, and find tools within to work to deal with the stress. These are the two most important uh, factors to First, recognize. Second, deal with it. Burnout is something that always builds over time. It's not something that show up unexpectedly. So you need to identify the burnout signs and you need to find ways to avoid the, the breakdown. Then trying relaxation activity, 
doing mindfulness techniques, focus on yourself internally, how you're feeling at the moment. When are you feeling overwhelmed and why? Find situations to promote your well-being. Try some relaxation activity. Nowadays, you, you see more and more the applications of techniques such as meditation or yoga as a way to release stress that can be done in your workplace. So practicing these activities can help an employee to deal with this tension, this stress, this burnout. For example, improve your sleep hygiene, your sleep quality is very important because if you're not getting enough sleep, you wake up more anxious and this will end up in a vicious cycle leading up to more burnout. So ultimately, you need to prioritize those things that are known to improve the stress levels or to reduce them and try to avoid and find a way to balance the stress of work and manage it as much as possible. But above all, you also need to have in your workplace someone to talk about it and find within your workplace ways to reduce your, your workload and, and try to ultimately avoid a situation where burnout leads you to be out of work and experiencing significant symptoms. So building a little bit off of that point, do you think that burnout is more culture-driven or personality-driven? That's a very good question because we all know and we all associate burnout with the Western world or Asian cultures as well, where such as in Japan and uh, South Korea, where working for long and for many, many hours without periods to stop is actually seen as something positive. So definitely on that context, the burnout can be very cultural driven, but we all know that stress is something that is impact people differentially. So we all know that some people have more ability to manage their stress or they experience less intense peaks of stress, while other people in terms of their personality types, they are people who normally have catastrophic thoughts. They always think about the worst outcome. They're always thinking about the next day, what, what can go wrong. And this is very personal, individual and personally driven. So it's an interaction between culture and personality traits. So that's why it's very important to recognize not only the culture where, where a person, an employee is, but also to work culture. There's companies who value working for many hours nonstop. And this is what their bosses like is a, an employee that is always at work. But you also need to recognize who you are and what's your ability to cope with stress. And if you are an anxious person, and this will ultimately will lead to, to changes at an individual level, where you can start, if you identify yourself as someone who is anxious by nature, by personality, you can work on it, you can have psychotherapy, you can have mindfulness training, you can work on your relaxation techniques. But if you identify your work culture as something that is that involves many hours uh, of work, always pushing an employee towards a state's 
of exhaustion, of always feeling swamped by work, then it's the way to manage this uh, burnout is by a, a common approach at an individual level and also at a culture as a society and culture into workplace level. So I have to ask if there is any good stress, you know, is there an optimal amount of stress in life? A hundred percent. You know, life is impossible without stress. If we didn't have stress, I'll probably would skip this interview and was doing nothing or just enjoying my life because I wouldn't be feeling responsible to be here. So it is important to have stress and people need to understand that stress acts at a normal level as a motivator, something that pushes you and alerts to the environment. So there's always an optimal level of stress and stress works in an inverted U curve. So at a certain point, at a certain level of stress, it improves your cognitive abilities. It improves your ability to deal with life. Then higher levels of stress ultimately end up being negative and impacting detrimentally in your brain and in your ability to to cope with life. And people can see this, for example, in memory. If you're studying for an exam three or four days before that exam, where your stress levels are high because you know that you're going to be tested, but you still think that you have time, your memory is working very well because and normal levels of stress is pushing you to and your brain to function well. On tonight before your exam, where you're, when your stress levels are very high, then you realize that your memory is completely impacted and you cannot memorize nothing. So there's an optimal level of stress that is good, that we should have, and higher stress levels ultimately end up having a negative effect. Well, Tiago, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been really interesting to hear about the potential dangers of stress and also some tactics that companies can use to help employees address burnout in their lives. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Hi again, Nico Saracino, Associate Editor and Co-host of the Pharmaceutical Commerce Podcast here with a sneak peek of our conversation with Diana Villanova, VP of Patient Services and Channel Strategy at COIS Consulting Group, where we discuss the importance of patient support programs, including the value in stepping outside one's comfort zone, along with how drug producers can use patient and channel strategies to maximize payoff. At the end of the day, Making sure you're stepping out of your comfort zone and really looking at your patient journey and making sure that the vendors you're choosing, that the programs that you're designing are not necessarily what you're comfortable with, but what supports your patient population and your provider population. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hi, I'm Tiago Reis Marquez. I'm the CEO of Pazithea Therapeutics. My leadership tip comes from a sentence read many years ago from Napoleon saying that impossibility is a word only to be found in the dictionary of fools. Meaning that as, as a leader, I translate this as always trying to find 
ways to do team possible because in your organization you need to find not only the creativity necessary to to solve some problems that ultimately you think that are going to be impossible to to solve Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email Editor-in-Chief Elaine Quilici at E-Q-U-I-L-I-C-I at MJHLifeSciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at T-B-A-K-E-R at MJHLifeSciences.com.